You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each team, each week our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Speaker. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And you know what? It's time to bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how goes it this week? Oh, it's going fantastic. How's it going for you, Miranda? It is going well. I am so excited uh, to be doing this week's uh, podcast edition with you guys. We have a lot to cover, and we can't do that without the third member of this team, and that's who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Hey, how are we doing? We're doing very, very well, yes. As I mentioned earlier, a pretty packed show like we always do. You know, business is picking up, and that includes all of the content that we cover on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. But let's kick off on, you know, on a lighter note. Um, There was some big birthdays this week in the world of Lucha Libre. Uh, First off, I'd like to say acquaintance of the show, uh, yeah. someone that we've interviewed before, uh, WWE superstar Lindsay Dorado, his birthday was earlier this week. Um, and lots of love to him on social media. Um, he's gotten some really fun TikTok videos as of late as well. Um, and just someone that whenever I see him, I just light up because of his attitude and positivity and just continuing to do his best within the WWE and just a, an amazing, amazing wrestler, luchador, role model. Yeah, absolutely. He, he may only be an acquaintance of the show, but, you know, we're I'll say it now. You're welcome to be a friend of the show. Come yes, back. We, yes. Yeah. Come back. We love you here. I say acquaintance. We offer so you our friendship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, I just want to say, you know, He'd be like, what? Like, i only been on your show once. How am I a friend of the show? No, I get it. We're an acquaintance. But, you know, we we are just avid uh, followers of Lindsay's career. Uh, we, you know, do our best to follow what he does. Uh, him and Grand Metalik every week on WWE uh, shows. So uh, just if you're not following Lindsay on social media, do yourself a favor and 
follow Lindsay Dorado because you'll yes. think yourself. You absolutely got, will. He really does have something for everybody too. So he yeah. Also, someone's birthday this week, Scarlett Bordeaux from NXT. Um, and really, I mean, she's continuing. The, the partnership between her and Karrion and Cross has been a perfect fit. Um, and I've really loved does. her. I've loved her role um, as his manager. I think she's found a, a great fit in NXT. And, yeah, I mean, that that's it's a love story with some... Uh, an interesting dynamic, but you just root for them. You just <laughs> you, root for them, you, those abso- young kids. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she she brings a lot to the table in, in that, too, because she helped design that iconic entrance and sings that iconic song for his NXT entrance. So they are a, a full partnership, as, and she's really one of the, the most creative people I've run into in, yeah. in the wrestling business. Her look has evolved so much in NXT as well. I love how she's been able to play with her clothing, her makeup, her hair. I mean, she's really taken it to the next level, and yeah. I hope that's something that they can continue doing doing every week because it plays perfectly into you know their dynamic her character and his character um so it's just it's it's really one of the most creative and unique managerial roles in wrestling Mm -hmm. um but also just one of the most unique looks in all of wrestling absolutely yes and also this week, uh, Mass Republic's own Ruben Zamora's birthday. Yeah. As well. <laughs> so shout out to Ruben. Uh, and you know, he's a busy, busy man running Mass Republic and such and all of the projects and things that he's doing. But from the Lucha Central Weekly podcast to you, Ruben, feliz cumpleaños. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. He, he said he wants stuff to build a new port. So, you know. Yes. Um. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's expensive now, man. They, sh- you're not going to be seeing as many hardcore matches. At least, well, you are, but they're all going to be, you know, light tubes and chairs. No wood. Yeah. yeah. Wood no two by fours. Now. No two yeah. by fours. No wooden panels. None of it. Yeah. So yes, shout out to Ruben if you'd like to help him in, you know, his his building of a new porch. You know, PayPal him, buy some Mass Republic merch. Yeah. All, all yeah. of the above. All of the above. So happy birthday to all this week. Feliz cumpleaños. <laughs> it's always great to celebrate birthdays. Uh, but, you know, let's jump into this week's news, as we always do, with the road back to shows with Brendan. Well, you said we had stuff, and boy, do we have stuff, because... Mexico City went to yellow. Uh, So did uh, so did Puebla, which is the home of the other arena. But Mexico City is kind of the big buzz one because that means that CMLL and AAA can officially have fans at shows. And CMLL did not waste any time (laughs) doing that. Practically the day of they announced they were going to have tickets available for a Friday show. Uh, for, let's see, it was 521. They were allowed to have 500 tickets. They sold out almost instantly. And, uh, so now the speculation is that there, uh, is going to be fans available at the next iPay-per-view and, and, uh, they might get back to their regular, uh, Friday 
uh, Friday Arena shows, which would be kind of nice, nice little return. Um, but uh, you know, we're we're back to this to this uh, situation now where they were CMLL and AAA were the only ones that really had to be good. So a lot of these indie groups that I was talking about or wasn't talking about before, I might start covering again in the indie roundup because mm-hmm. it's now legal for them to have fans, although uh it's they're probably going to have more than they're supposed to anyway. So but I'm not going to sit there and count them individual, individual <laughs> fans. Maybe hard to do. <laughs> but that's I mean big for Mexico City to finally be yellow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they they seem really the government and the 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 promotion seem really eager to uh, to have that as have that step and and kind of stay there. So hopefully we don't have a big old uh, slide, but I, I I'm a little more confident that we'll stay this way this one. Um, in less good news, uh, I'm gonna just jump right into the. I, I like to put this. Not as fun stuff in the middle here. Uh, Legends of Lucha Libre star Cassandro had a, a little, had a hospital stay. He had to have an embolism removed from his uh, brain. Uh, he, they haven't given a lot of details other than he's doing good and is expected to make a full recovery. So, um, you know, we wish him very well. Uh, we've talked many times about how Cassandra was kind of an inspiration to a lot of people, and it would just be a shame for uh, him even to have to retire if that was the the kind of uh, thing that was going going forward. So hopefully a speedy and full recovery. Also, and not great news, uh, Passion Crystal and Jesse Ventura, who operate uh, out of the North area primarily. Uh, have gone to the press saying they were verbally and physically abused in an Uber car. Uh, they, they do believe it is related to their, uh, their position as, as, uh, kind of exotico wrestlers that are a little more, you know, we all know exoticos are, are much bigger on presentation. So that, um, part of the incident has been streamed. I did not choose to watch it myself because I tend to get really angry when I see that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are currently in a press campaign to try and get Uber to, uh, to, to take action against the driver. Currently the Uber is actually taking action against the two wrestlers. Uh, so there's, they're trying for a little bit of a he said, she, 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 she yeah. he said, she said, they said sort of deal. Uh, I will hopefully have more details on this as things come up, but, uh, it's just kind of a sticky and unfortunate situation all the way around. Um, and then, uh, Federation Wrestling has been doing more interesting things for, uh, for bringing eyes to the show and kind of keeping people interested the uh the group uh dusty do you remember the the name off the top of your head that the uh, diamante azul and and puma king impresa i believe la impresa yeah. impresa yeah uh they showed up at an i at the iwrg event uh 
Diamante Azul lost during the tournament, and Puma King was uh, acting extra heelish, but they were there as the faction. Diamante Azul was attempting to win a shot at the IWRG title uh, so that they could bring gold into the faction. That was, uh, I don't know if it was explicitly stated, but it was heavily implied. Uh, I, again, this was pre-yellow, so I, I, that's the closest I'm coming to results for them this week, but because of that, we will be definitely looking closer at IWRG in the Indie Roundup to, to come. That's the road back to shows. Uh, I'm gonna switch now. See, this was my transition piece. See what I did there? To the Indie Roundup, but we're since professionals we're- Professionals around here. <laughs> Speaking of, of professionalism and the indie roundup, I just would like to say hello to the, to, uh, Lucha Blogger Cubs fan, who, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you go for it. Go for it, buddy. Go, go. I, I don't know if he actually listens to the show or not. But, oh, oh, uh, apparently. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just throwing the I'm sorry, the I'm sorry. That's, I, that's I, the Puerto Rican in me starting stuff. He, he, uh, he, he had a segment this week on the blog that he also referred to as the Indie Roundup. And he very well may have done that years ago for all I know. But, uh, I, I just found it cute and I just wanted to say hi if you're listening, Cubs, cause that was, that was kind of fun. Uh, but really what I've got for Indie Roundup is, uh, there was an event that happened this weekend that a certain person on this show was at and probably would like to talk about herself. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. From what you remember, hopefully on last week's show, uh, I did a plug for Future Stars of Wrestling based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. I had an event called Psycho de Mayo, uh, which featured Psycho Clown and Sam Adonis. Um, again, these men have been wrestling up and down uh, you know, the West Coast in Mexico and they main evented the show. Um, I had the honor of being able to announce, uh, them as well in Espanol, which is, uh, was a, a huge honor to do that. Um, and it, it was just an electric energy, um, in the arena and the match itself was one of the most exciting I mean, it, it was the most exciting match out of the entire card, uh, but for a lot of fans in attendance um, and even wrestlers, promoters, was one of the best matches of the year within um, Future Stars of Wrestling. So, um, and it involved all the gimmicks, of course, um, you know, with with t- uh, tables or actually doors that were <laughs> used as tables. Maybe that's how you work around it. I don't know, but it, wood is not cheap. As doors we cost about. less. They yes, um, and and then you know, um, uh, use of some fire almost in there. So it was just a a crazy match by any means. Of course, anything that you see Psycho Clown and Sam Adonis in um, is you just absolutely expect it for it to go crazy. Um, Psycho Clown came out as the winner, of course. Um, so still through all of that, he was able to persevere with the win. And if you want to watch the match, it is available for replay, um, through the FSW network, $6.99 a month, which includes the replay of this, plus 
uh, access to previous events and shows, which includes previous pay-per-views, exclusive content, um, and, and things like that. So $6.99, you can watch that match, the entire show, and much, much more. But it was a, uh, it was just a, a crazy match, a fantastic show, and uh, just an honor just to be in the presence of those, uh, those two luchadors and absolutely just worth uh, everything to watch them in the ring. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed the energy because it really felt like uh, they they were still going. I mean, they've been doing they've been wrestling each other a lot of places, but mm-hmm. it felt like they were still going with, from this feud. Like they yes. they there was just just constant. I, I it wasn't just I want to win. I it's I need to beat you energy, and and I mm-hmm. really I really love that and. The insertion of a manager for Sam this time, who was the one that did the crazy fireball spot. Yes, MK. <laughs> that, you know, anyone who knows uh, the MK Bandit, uh, he's a, a manager out here on the West Coast. He, he manages Sam um, all throughout the United States. And so if anyone knows the MK Bandit, that doesn't surprise you. He does anything to have his clients win, and I mean anything. Um, he also took a brutal chair shot to the head as well. Um, that, is it, is it, it was bad brutal. I'm less surprised by that chair shot than I was by the fireball? Uh, no, no. And, and it was a proper, like, chair shot. There was a pretty it big was, bump oh, on yeah. the head uh, afterward. But at the same time, you know, it, it, that's what you get, really, when, when you get yourself involved, you know. You cross that line as a manager, especially in the world of Lucha Libre, you all, yeah. you know, nothing's off the table. So. Yeah. No, yes. but nobody's safe in a ring. I mean, like Psycho Clown proved that too when he does his strap spot because even the ref got a whip in at that point. Mm-hmm. So yes. you know, anything, anything went. Literally <laughs> anything went. So tape, you know, uh, doors, fireball spots, chair spots, straps, all of that happened within this match. Yeah, it was great fun. Uh, it is. It is well worth the six ninety nine, even if that's the only thing you you've got. But they've got so many good things that you can watch on that network. Uh, there's more lucha there. I I didn't write my list down, but there's a number of uh, lucha related stars that have come through FSW. There's some uh, some bigger names like some of this your psycho clowns and some up and some names that you'll now see is kind of up and coming. Uh, you've got uh, a whole two-hour show dedicated to Hammerstone on this network, and Hammerstone, as I mentioned in the Zenshi interview, has said he loves to wrestle luchadors. So, yeah, it, you Actually, know, it's a <laughs> uh, yeah. Hammerstone will be wrestling at a lucha event in Phoenix this weekend as well. There From we go. Boss Lucha Libre. Um, it's going to be an open show. I unfortunately forget exactly where it's going to be held, but it's actually going to be free. Um, so anyone who is interested in watching Hammerstone, he is going to be, um, at, uh, wrestling for Lucha Libre, uh, promotion, um, this Saturday. Um, yeah, Summerfest Lucha. It's going to be hosted by, uh, Lucha Libre Vos, and that's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, 1602 Roosevelt Street is going to be part of a larger summer celebration. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's going to be 
um, a very cool Lucha Libre event that is free to the community and it will feature Hammerstone. Um, so just uh, something for anyone in the Arizona area um, that you're interested in. Um, that's going to be a great event. But yeah, with FSW, they've had, of course, Karrion Cross, uh, their former champion, Taya, who's a former champion, Willie Mack, mm-hmm. who wrestles there occasionally, Chris Bay, who, you know, is still, uh, wrestles there uh, occasionally. Um, and those are just, you know, the people off the top of my head and everyone who's on the West Coast has you know made their way through fsw and even some more people matt hardy has wrestled there um and had stints there uh brian cage um you know there's there's just much much more it's had a lengthy history um so as brendan mentioned there's a lot of great content on there um for 6.99 so even if you just buy it for one month 6.99 6.99 that's still a lot but again that includes monthly events um and access to lots of content that continues to be added every single month mm-hmm. uh also uh i uh wanted to mention that there is a show coming up in i believe you said robles was doing the phoenix show uh n- uh no okay uh the, okay well oh, sorry. I'm trying to think. There's so many. There's so many shows. I put you on the spot there, but you got me thinking about uh, the, there's another. There's uh, the McAllen, Texas, is lighting up again, including a return visit from Hijo del Santo on the on May 30th. Uh, so uh, there will, and then um, the uh, is then that's part of a dual show that's happening on both sides of the border, and the, they're doing it. There's a couple other shows that. I was not able to find the posters for when I went to do my notes. I don't know if they got taken back down or what, but hopefully I'll have more on that in the, in the upcoming weeks because they are, they're getting really busy in that, that area. Um, oh, and we were talking about, uh, Sam Adonis and, uh, it turns out that Sam Adonis uh, also put some information in the mass republics eat like a luchador book so we're gonna give that a little little reminder right there like if you want to eat like a rudo (laughs) yes las de las chicas if you want the ladies to love you you may want to follow sam adonis's recipe in eat like a luchador yeah uh, but that, that is, uh, I wanted to focus on, on this show this week and then we're gonna, like I said, there are more shows coming up with, uh, IWRG, well, sorry, uh, with Mexico City going yellow, I may talk more about IWRG events because they're used, putting big names in a lot of good, big, big places, but, uh, this is still your chance while I'm, I'm still thinning the herd a little bit. To come to me with your shows and talk to me about, uh, show me your highlights, show me, show me your luchadors. You know, maybe you've got a young up and coming luchador. I've seen a lot of these guys at, at indie shows where they've just got one guy in a mask somewhere. That's kind of how Fuego del Sol started. Look where he's at now. <laughs> Bring me those guys. Um, if you're a promoter, wrestler, super fan, or, uh, just really want me to talk about you on the air, send, send me your stuff. We'll have information at the end of the show on where to send stuff. 
Thank you very much, Brendan, for the road back to shows and this week's Indie Roundup. I think, I mean, we talked about this before, and we know some people. We got to look at some trademarking. That, that's really the future. I'm just saying. We know some people. We can probably submit something, you know, for Kevin or Ruben, you know. We'll let the business, we'll let the office deal with that. Just, just putting that out there. Uh, next though, we're gonna kick it to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Matt, Matt, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week lucha-masks.com by pro wrestling revolution bringing you in partnership with mask republic the lucha brothers as well as japanese legend ultimo dragon Go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by pro wrestling revolution. As always, a very big thank you to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting us know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, Dusty, you're going to be talking to us about a big title change that happened in AAA this week. 
Yeah, yeah, we had a match taped at Rea de Reyes, but it was held for a TV spot on the, I believe their Azteca programming, but I'm not certain. But anyway, it was held for their TV show, and it brought us a new set of trios champions with an interesting twist. Los Mercenarios, they had a unique lineup of Tejano, Rea Scorpion, and La Hidra. And they defeated Los Entes del Air, making La Hidra only the third woman to be a trios champion in AAA and the first woman to be in a trio with two men in AAA as champions. So that was, you know, an interesting spot. There was some, you know, kind of questioning why she wasn't on the Triple Mania card, and now we know she was. They just held the match back. There was a very clean finish in the match with uh, Tejano pinning Miss Disease. But then after the match when they won, Taurus came out with his Latin American championship to celebrate as the new champions club. And it was pretty awesome. Great spot. I highly recommend seeking it out. If you, you know, look around, it's online, <laughs> not in any official context, but it's, it's easy to find. And then we also had news that dropped this week that on Tuesday, May the 18th, AAA will be holding a press conference about Triple Mania. And given what Brendan mentioned in the Road Back to Shows, it's very likely it will be held with an audience wherever it's held. We don't know yet, but very likely to be in the Mexico City area, very likely to have an audience. So very exciting news. Hopefully we'll know more next week, obviously, when after the press conference, and we'll bring you all that information when it comes out. Well, while you're on a roll, yeah, why don't you go ahead and jump into this week's AEW? Yeah, first up, we had Dark Elevation and our highlight matches. First, we had Thunder Rosa defeating Renee Michelle in a squash match. And later, she had a very fiery interview backstage where she named her new finisher the Peruvian Calavera. And she made it clear that she was coming for both Britt Baker when she became champion and Serena Deeb as for the NWA championship. So it's kind of interesting, very exciting. You know, AEW is not afraid to put multiple belts on people. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with Thunder Rosa going forward. And then in our main event and our highlight match of the show, Danny Limelight went up against John Moxley and what was honestly a great matchup. Despite being part of the build for Moxley's IWGP United States title defense, Danny Limelight got in a surprising amount of offense, and it's obvious from this match that AEW is really high on Danny Limelight, and they're kind of grooming him to be a top-level guy. So it's exciting to see somebody like him in a main event with John Moxley, and exciting to see that they're using him properly, you know, the, the steps of where he's going. And Moxley picked up the win with a paradigm shift off the middle turnbuckle. Great, exciting match. It shows how good you can look even when you lose. Like, Danny Limelight looked like a star in this match as much as Moxley did. And he was really the standout. I believe that's the first ever middle turnbuckle paradigm shift that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. So that was a notable spot. But then we had Tuesday Dark. And in a, you know, fun lucha match, we had Jungle Boy defeating Marty Casals. We got another Marty match this week. We all remember Marty the Moth. This week he's in a, what was a really good match with Jungle Boy. This was Marty's first match since he lost to Cage. And his size against Jungle Boy's skill and speed was really interesting. I thought it made for a great pairing. 
Marty never got the chance to dominate in the match, but he looked great. He got in some great character work, especially great character work. But Jungle Boy was just dominant. Marty ended up, he had a bloody mouth, and it just made for an amazing visual when Jungle Boy was able to hit the snare trap and pick up the submission win. And it was mentioned on commentary, but Jungle Boy has evolved his style a lot lately to be less high-flying and more mat-based. And so it's interesting to see his kind of evolving style. And the mat-based style was definitely on, you know, on display here against Marty. So it was, I highly recommend this match. And then we had Wednesday night dynamite. First up, like first match, we had the Young Bucks versus SCU and a title versus breakup match. If the Bucks win, SCU must break up as a tag team forever. And if SCU wins, they become world champions again. And as you may recall me mentioning last week, I didn't see SCU picking up the win. And you should have listened to me because I was right. <laughs> this match went hard, though. It was a lot of fun. The Bucks were just perfect in how obnoxious they were. They mocked a Heartbreak Kid and Flair's emotional moment for their match at WrestleMania 24, the I love you, I'm sorry. I, they wore white laces with their bread Jordans. Nobody does that. That's like a weird, I mean, sneaker culture thing. It was interesting, but it really displayed the blood in the match. Uh, it was just the most consistent I felt the Bucks had been in a heel face or a tweener face mold since they turned. I mean, this has been their most consistent character match, and it was fantastic. Christopher Daniels bled like a stuck pig in the whole match, but afterwards, he was cold sprayed in the eyes by the Good Brothers and spiked by the aerosol can, and then they hit the Young Bucks hit him with the BTE trigger. And Nick Jackson picked up the pin on Christopher Daniels, and it ended SCU's tag team career. So if you, you know, wanted to check that out, you should have seen it, and it's out there somewhere, I'm sure. But I oh, it, recommend it. Yeah, the uh, the majority of the matches on the official uh, YouTube channel for AEW at this point. They, Excellent. Uh, yeah, they they knew that was going to be a big money draw. Uh, it'll be kind of exciting. I guess Christopher Daniels is probably transitioning to more of a backstage role. He's been everywhere and done everything and worked for everybody. And so to have him in a backstage role would be very beneficial, I think, to AEW. And so, yeah, I don't know. It, we'll see what happens. It's hard to see I, silver yeah. lining in it because SCU's been around forever. Yeah. And, I yeah. I when they started this we're gonna break up when we lose match, I don't know why I was indulging in these fantasies, but I just had ideas of them taking any of these young tag teams that need that elevation and and doing it with them. I mean, I yeah. I don't I don't understand this choice to, to do it with the young bucks who do not need the the rub of breaking up SEU. Yeah. But, but even then, like, SCU started to break up anyways because Scorpio Sky ended up now <laughs> yeah. ended up with, with Ethan Page. I feel like now one of them is going to end up with some other faction or start a faction well, at yeah. this point. It's, um, it is AEW, so, yeah, yeah. they yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're right as far as, like, I guess there was so much excitement when SCU was first with um, 
AEW and the fact that, you know, they were able to finally be showcased on this bigger platform. And, you know, the fact that they never really got that title opportunity or one run with it before they broke up is kind of, you know, sad and disappointing for people who have watched them. And, And the fact that they've done this angle, though, means that they probably, you know, feel like they've accomplished what they plan to accomplish or want to accomplish and you know yeah. time to move on into some different directions whatever that may be yeah i just uh so for me i came to terms that they weren't going to get the title when they announced that we're gonna break up at the next time we lose thing and they weren't champions so i'm like oh they're gonna probably get real close and then and so i was thinking this is like you know your zabisco moment where you have larry zabisco made his career off of beating Bruno San Martino like he that was that was the yes he had the talent and Larry Zbysko was one of the most annoying men on the mic <laughs> but, <laughs> but Booker's wanted him because he was the guy that beat Bruno San Martino and yeah. and I'm like that's what you what I was hoping they were gonna do like if you can you imagine like as much as everybody finds them annoying, like if that had been the acclaimed that broke up SCU or I mean. Yes, because then, too, they could go about and saying we were the team that broke right? up SCU. Like I could have absolutely yeah. seen the acclaim use that as like that pedestal to get to this next level. Right. But to do. Yeah, I absolutely see what you mean. Yeah, that as soon as you said that, it was like, oh, my God, that's so much better than what they did. so that's where my disappointment came in i was really hoping that that because there's a bunch of guys like you know if you wanted the the baby face version top flight would have been a good version to do this with you know there's a bunch of guys that they could have really elevated and instead here we are with the young bucks as champions and a kind of breaking down tag team division so no yeah and also next up, and not chronologically, but just short, <laughs> so I'm going to mention it. We had Thunder Rosa versus Jasmine Allure and what was basically a squash match. But despite what Thunder Rosa said before, despite working the match dominantly, she didn't hit the Peruvian Calavera. She hit the Fire Thunder Driver for the win. Odd choice after the promo night before, but what can you do? <laughs> and, but finally, on Dynamite this week, we had Pack versus Orange Cassidy and a world champion contendership match. With Pack being walked out, he came out to the ring with Penta and Phoenix. If you thought you were going to get to see him again, you were wrong. That was it. Like, they just walked out with him. But OC started the match by putting his sunglasses on Pack, and Pack broke the sunglasses. It it was, I don't know, the, the whole start was weird. It, maybe if it had played out fully. I would have liked it, but after some nice back and forth, Pack hit OC with a strong Liger bomb, and it really rattled his cage. He only got the two count. We went to the break, and when we came back from commercial, AEW appeared to have called an audible. They sent Don Callis out with Kenny. Kenny hits Pack with the belt, and it gets a double count out that sets up a triple threat. It was supposed to originally go to the 20-minute time limit, but due to the Liger bomb, they called the audible. So we got a stunted match. It wasn't as long, and we didn't get to see as much, so it felt all very disjointed. But with the injury, what can you do? But it sets up the triple threat between Pac, OC, and Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship at Double or Nothing on Sunday, May the 30th. 
like I said, the ending was very jarring and weird, but, you know, I guess it was just their way to kind of get us to the desired result of a triple threat match for double or nothing. I personally was hoping to see some shenanigans from Best Friends and the, the rest of Death Triangle, the Lucha Bros. I wanted to see them involved in some way. I thought it would play into it, but that wasn't what we got. Hopefully we'll get to see that in the future, though. Once he recovers, you know, maybe we'll get to see some Lucha work into their matches, hopefully. And then we also had news this week outside of Dynamite that Ricky Starks had fractured his neck in his match on 20, April the 21st with Hangman Adam Page. It happened during that German suplex spot. It's believed at this time, though, he won't be needing any surgery, but he will be out of action for approximately three months. And AEW has promised, though, that we're going to see him on TV in the interim. And they did such a fantastic job with Britt Baker while she was injured that I have every confidence that they could kind of come up with something for him and that it could be much like Britt Baker, what launches him from being one of the guys to being the top guy or one of the top guys with the way these vice presidents are running things at AEW <laughs> lately. But, but as top as you can get there. <laughs> But, yeah, so, you know, best wishes to him and for a quick healing and a return to the ring. We miss Starkey Baby, so hopefully he comes back yeah. soon. Don't forget that you can find the results for all those EW shows on LuchaCentral.com. So if you missed any of that, of course, listening to this show is one of the best ways to find out. But you can also go to LuchaCentral.com and get the results for all of the matches uh, from those shows. Up next, we have just a little MLW news. Again, they had the season finale last week, so they are just now airing uh, episodes of uh, MLW Underground uh, through July 10th when they will reappear for the next season. Um, so definitely check out MLW Underground um, on YouTube and FUBU uh, Sports Bean as well. All of the channels um, that they play, um, you'll be able to find episodes of MLW Underground. But some Interesting news came out this week, including a trademark that MLW has filed for a new name. Now, it's not specific to, you know, who they have, have uh, filed it for, but many of us can give, you know, one or two guesses as to who it's for. Um, but MLW recently filed a trademark for the name Caesar Duran. And it's been speculated that that is going to be the new name for uh, Dario Cueto's character um, because of, of course, trademark and copyright reasons and all that kind of stuff. It is very likely that MLW will not be able to use that name for uh, his character in Azteca Underground. Um, so it makes sense that that would be, you know, why a new name has been trademarked. But again, the trademark doesn't specifically state as far as who it's for. It just lists all, you know, the ways that it's going to be used. So we'll have to wait and see if that is going to be uh, Dario's new name. But at the same time, it's going to be so hard to not use the name Dario Cueto. It just it just is. Yeah. Uh, he will always be Dario Cueto for many of us. Um, but who knows? Maybe Caesar Duran will catch on. Maybe it's used for somebody else. Um, but also, too, I mean, El Jefe just has a good ring to it. So even if the yep. name doesn't catch on, El Jefe seems to have catch on, caught on pretty pretty well. 
Also in MLW News, there I was see a, lots of merch with El Jefe on it. Right? Like yes. they did. So Pro Wrestling Tees did release um a Azteca Underground t-shirt. So you now can officially get your Azteca Underground shirt um on ProWrestlingTees.com. So the, it has already begun. And actually, very interestingly enough, um, Court Bauer had a interview with Justin Brazo, uh, on Sports Illustrated, um, or with Justin Brazo from Sports Illustrated. And, uh, he was able to talk about, you know, really the whole interview revolved around, most of it did actually, around, um, Azteca Underground. And, you know, trying to get some tidbits as to, you know, what the future looks like, how is it going to be um, facilitated, all of that. Um, you know, one of the questions he asks Court Bauer was, what will make Azteca Underground so different and distinct for MLW? And Court answers, quote, wrestling fans across the world love luchadors, but the genre hasn't been showcased in a consistent manner in America. Azteca Underground will provide that for the fans. Um, wrestling is also a super competitive landscape and we'll have an opportunity to stand out with this project. So um, already we've seen that with an MLW with a really good Lucha Libre presence in general. They do have somewhat of that partnership with, with AAA and, you know, it, it just seems like they have a good understanding of what Lucha Libre can bring to the table. Um, so I, I think that already this is already in, in good hands. Um, and also he talks about, you know, planting the seeds, uh, for this for a while court has stated, um, we have some big plans and there's a lot of potential to grow. We have a long-term strategy and we've been planting seeds for the past 10 months. That's what we want. A slow burn that always delivers with our television and video on videos online. If you're that immersed in the product, we want to reward you. So um, it seems like this is much a part of a longer term plan that they have with the expansion of MLW, but also providing a different type of product with Azteca Underground. We still don't know how it's going to be incorporated. That wasn't necessarily touched upon, um, you know, in the interview. He did, uh, Justin Brazo did ask uh, about the upcoming draft um, in which Court Bauer mentioned that it's going to be very much uh, leaning on their social media. Um, that's where there, a lot of information is going to be shared. And when asked about if we're going to see draft picks from Azteca Underground, Court responded, not directly. The combat world of MLW will be very different from the world of Azteca Underground. So it does kind of allude to the possibility that it's going to be its own separate show, its own separate entity within MLW with the possibility of crossover. I, it, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but the, the whole article is available on sportsillustrated.com. Um, it's an interview with Justin Brazo and Court Bauer, uh, of MLW. So, um, Pretty interesting tidbits. And finally, uh, the draft, as Court mentioned and was inter talked about in this interview, the open draft will start next week, May 20th. So that means they're going to be drafting wrestlers from all over the world to come to MLW. It's very, very exciting. Um, to see who could possibly come in. I mean, we've seen some WWE releases just in the past, you know, few months. Um, there's lots of amazing talent in the independent scene. And now that borders are opening up, 
international stars that could show up on MLW. Um, so a, a lot of growth, a lot of great things that seem to be happening. Plans are happening. Seeds have been planted in MLW, which makes it very, very interesting to see what's going to happen on July 10th. Super excited. Yeah, the whole concept as far as some of the information that Court Bauer talked about with Azteca Underground 1 shows that they've had this plan for a long time. And two, like that one sentence when he talked about how Azteca Underground is going to be different from MLW, to me, makes it seem like they're going to be two different entities. Yeah, well, there's still the rumors swirling around of maybe two shows, so maybe... One show is entirely focused on Lucha Libre, which, oh my goodness, that would, uh, that would make my life so much happier. Mm-hmm. More yeah. Lucha. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they can bring back, again, the elements of its own show. You're essentially bringing back Lucha Underground under, you know, a new name, a new moniker, and actually under a wrestling company. Um, I think that seems to be one of the biggest points of feedback for me that I've learned in Absolutely. listening to the interviews that Mass Mats and Mayhem have had with Conan and Vampiro. One of the biggest challenges was that Lucha Underground was a TV show, not a wrestling promotion. Yep. Yeah, you had lots of, there are lots and lots of stories. And as you mentioned, uh, Mass Mats and Mayhem has talked a lot about it. They talked about it uh, in Expo Lucha interviews, uh, so there's there's lots of resources for hearing about it. But the the uh, struggle always the store the the central element of the story is always if you had two guys or two or three guys who had big ideas but didn't know a lot about wrestling, and you had a couple other guys who knew knew a lot about wrestling but didn't know how to make a TV show and. Mm. Uh, we got magic out of it, but at the same time, it, it also, you get a lot of, uh, budding heads and, and big personalities and conflict. And so interesting stories for sure. Well, stay tuned. We're definitely going to keep our eye on what happens in the open draft over the next few weeks and any other information that comes from MLW, especially on Azteca Underground. Up next, uh, Brendan, do we have any Mass Republic updates? Uh, we did uh, the one thing we were going to do. We were talking about the Eat Like a Luchador book. I didn't have anything else big, although uh, pre-orders did go up for Urban Aztec's Boba Fett bust. If you are, if you yes. saw that after we talked about it on last week's show and you need to have it in your life, you, now is the time to pre-order it, and I guarantee – as awesome as that thing looks, he's going to sell out of it. So um, that's uh, that's what I've got, really. But uh, we, uh, you know, Ruben had a birthday this week, and Kevin's yes. working. So I'm expecting we're going to get a bunch of information about things mm-hmm. in the next in, in the next little bit here. So yeah, definitely keep your ears tuned. Definitely. And I have firsthand knowledge. Ruben, uh, when I saw him in Vegas last week, showed me a few cool things that they're working on. Um, just behind the scenes sneak peek stuff uh, that they're working on as far as new merchandise. So uh, I definitely if you are a fan of collectibles and items, uh, 
I, I can't say anything more, but it's going to be some really cool. Uh, it's a, kind of its own Lucha Libre spin on something very popular is what I'd like to think of it as. Um, so make sure to stay tuned. And, yeah, go ahead and buy something from Mass Republic so Ruben can buy get a new deck, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> buy some socks because, you know. I, it's so cool that there's Lucha Libre socks in the world. Yes. Just, yeah, yeah. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. And they're cool designs. Like, they're actually really yeah. cool socks. Yeah, they're great socks. Yes. Item of the week, the socks. We highly recommend them. <laughs> Up next, we have this week in NXT, and this was a stacked show. A stacked show. Uh, starting off, the show opened up with Austin Fear Theory versus Karrion Cross. This came from last week of Austin Theory just being kind of dumb. Like I don't really know how any other ways to say this. Um, but it, it was definitely uh, a way for Karrion Cross to showcase his dominance. You know, Austin Theory got a little bit of offense, especially outside of the ring. Um, but really, and Johnny Gargano was there, couldn't do anything about it. I mean, really just could not do anything about it. Um, Karrion Cross is able to, uh, Put in a pair of Sayudo suplexes, um, really to put an end to Austin Theory, and then followed up with the cross jacket for the victory. And then afterwards, Finn Ballard appeared, um, you know, lights off, lights coming back on, reappearing, and Finn Ballard was standing behind carrying cross, very similar to their confrontations before. Finn mentioned that he did not want to wait in line, and they seem to agree that they're going to face each other, though we don't know when. But it looks like these two men will have another match sometime in the future. We had the NXT Women's Championship match for Kel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez. And this match was, I mean, the commentary team played it up takeover worthy. I agree. Um, I think if they did have this on a takeover, it could have been a lot more. Um, so I'm a little disappointed they couldn't wait a little bit longer to build this up. But a great match. Uh, I love Mercedes Martinez approach with this to play more of the ground game in order to neutralize Raquel Gonzalez as far as her, her size and her strength. Um, that happened a, a lot. They both took it outside of the ring, um, slamming each other's into the, to the barricade. Um, Dakota Kai didn't get involved, which that was something you can kind of get used to seeing, but she didn't need to. Um, because it was hard hitting trading blows throughout the night, um, or throughout the match. There was a great counter, um, where Raquel tried the single arm power bomb, but Mercedes Martinez reversed it into a fisherman buster for a near fall. Um, however, at the end, uh, Mercedes got hit by a big boot and that was when Raquel was able to hit the single arm power bomb for the win. So, um, still your NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. This was a, again a great match. I loved Mercedes' approach to this, and I think this was one of the toughest matches that Raquel has had. Um, which again is why I'm a little disappointed it couldn't be on a takeover. But still, I definitely uh, just a, a very good match and one that both women should be proud of. Uh, an interesting thing before the match aired was that they announced Frankie Monet would be making her world premiere in two weeks, which, you know, is still vague as far as world premiere, but it sounds like maybe she's going to be making her in-ring debut in two weeks. 
So cannot wait to see Frankie Monet in the ring in NXT. Um, just also a side note, um, Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, officially announced his new faction, Hit Row, um, in a pretty, you know, fun promo. Uh, Top Dalla, uh, Ashanti, the Adonis, and B-Fab is the name of the other uh, members of the faction. And very, you know, just suave, very, um, just like really cool, like badass cool um, faction that I think is, is great. Isaiah Swerve Scott is in that he's leading, and um, I think they're going to be making some good waves in NXT. Then for the uh, main event, the two out of three falls match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, Kushida versus Santos Escobar. This match was was really good. It, it was solid. I enjoyed watching it. Um, it started off with uh, Legado de Fantasma trying to interfere in the match. But MSK came out and all four of them were thrown out. So already they canceled each other out and you knew you were just going to get a one-on-one between Kushida and Santos Escobar. Um, Santos Escobar got the first pinfall uh, with the Phantom Driver and quickly afterwards um, Kushida got in a the second fall uh, with an arm lock and then from there really back and forth you got some suicide dives outside uh, and uh, almost a um, roll up for the pin but at the in the end Kushida um, locked in the hoverboard lock um, for Santos to tap out and for Kushida to retain the cruiserweight championship so that does leave a very big question now that it's been a two out of three falls a clean finish what does that mean for Santos Escobar and Legado de Fantasma you know is he going to be challenging for another belt you know is the focus going to move a little bit more to Joaquin Wilde and, and Raul Mendoza on the tag team side um does that mean maybe he'll move to Raw or SmackDown? I don't know. Oh, um, God. I know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it, it was a, a very entertaining match. I really loved that double. Uh, um, nah, it wasn't a crossbody. It was clothesline, double clothesline when they both hit each other. And you could just tell how exhausted they were um, laying out in the ring. Like it, they really put on a, a very good match. Yeah, I, I mean, I've said it to be critical, but I loved everything about it right up until the end. This time, though, it was because it wasn't the end that I wanted, not because the ending was bad. No, it wasn't a bad ending, but yeah, it's not <laughs> for many Lucha Libre fans, not the um, not not the one that you expect. But I think this made Kushida look amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kushida, I feel, has found such a good rhythm now. I think he's found a good blend of character and wrestling ability. He's had a really good partner in Santos Escobar, and I hope he continues to have these successful matches. Now, I do think, you know, what Santos brought to the Cruiserweight Championship was flair, charisma, um, you know, great promo work, character, and so that is something that as, and it's, you know, it's easier when you're a, a rulo, when you're a heel to do that as a face. I think Kushida's going to have a little bit of an uphill battle with that, but I think he's finding his rhythm. I think they continuously have to put him up against really good 
you know, kind of uh, cruiserweights and really show kind of that definitive difference between him and whoever he's challenging. So um, it'll be it, it, it'll be interesting already. You know, Jordan Devlin, when Kushida first won the championship, already mentioned he was going to come after Kushida. So we could see Kushida versus Jordan Devlin very soon. Um, there's lots of people in the NXT roster that could be coming up mm-hmm. to challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship. So, uh, you know, it seems like it's a new chapter now in the, in the Cruiserweight division. Um, and that could be a good thing for Legado de Fantasma or it could be kind of a scary thing if we don't continue to see them on television. Uh, I They're too hot of a product for them to not use them on television but uh yeah then that the the scary thing would be if they start putting them in more uh in spots where they can't do what they do well so they 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 really lose a lot of their shine and then then they would drop off of television but uh but that would more likely involve the three of them getting called up to a different show because it's a lot harder for them to to not shine in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I and don't then, even I don't really enjoy this thing of contemplating the bad things. Yes, <laughs> and just a, a slip up was I mentioned as far as Kushida's first fall. I said arm lock, which was not the case. It was the hoverboard lock um, that he t- he got in for that first one. It happened pretty quickly after Santos's. Uh, first fall as well. So literally within a few minutes. Yeah. Um, and then that hoverboard lock again for the second, uh, fall. And, uh, again, just, it, it still it fits in really well with Kushida's character and persona, I think. But, you know, that personality and that side really came from Santos and Legado de Fantasma. So, uh, he may not always have that to help counter and help build him up. Um, but you're you're absolutely right. I agree as far as, you know, they are too much of a hot commodity to not be on television. Um, it is one of the best factions, if not the best faction they have left on NXT right now. And they really have to have something well placed for them. Again, it does seem like Raul uh, Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde have this other program with MSK still building. And maybe that's where the focus is going to shift a little bit onto them. But yeah. hopefully that means they they win the tag titles. I'm kind of doubtful on that. I feel like MSK is going to hold those titles for a bit. Uh, so that's what makes me worried that they might have a, a pretty high-profile tag program. But is it going to lead to gold? I, I I don't see them winning that either. But it's it's so the story will be what they do after that. Because yeah. it's a similar thing to what's happening with Raquel right now. You need credible threats to these titles uh and so because of the just amount of energy swirling around legato del fantasma they're already primed for that so they're they're going to be credible going up against msk and then they you've got the feud building as it is uh so that's going to put msk in in a reliable dependable champion sort of position and you'll have to see we'll have to see what they do with legato after that is the that's the the area that's in question because i don't know that's it's harder to pick but i i mean they broke up uh one of the biggest most popular factions 
when they when they did um, I already forgot their the name of it, but when when they did the the breakup at the top of the card with Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, the undisputed era. There we go, the UE. Uh, so there's room now. There's room for another major faction to move up into that. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe that yeah. that is where they plan on bringing them. And so that is this week in NXT. Also a special note, NXT did announce that they are bringing back in your house the NX, the next NXT special on June 13th. So we will have a return of In Your House. I'm so glad they brought it back. Um, I think the set is one of my favorites, all of it. So they are leading to uh, a takeover in a few weeks. So that leads to a lot of speculation as to what we're going to see on that card. I have a feeling maybe they're really building up, going back to the women's side, uh, Raquel Gonzalez maybe versus Frankie Monet. Um I, I just feel like her name is floating in that, or at least that's what they're shooting for sometime in the future. Um, you know, who knows? Uh, Zoe Stark is going to be facing Tony Storm next week, so that could also, you know, Zoe Stark's name has been thrown out there, and, and she's building her portfolio to one day make a case to face Raquel Gonzalez as well. So, um, again, just really solid, good wrestling this week on NXT. No, nothing, nothing to it but to do it. All right. So, again, the results for NXT are available on LuchaCentral.com. You know what else you can find on LuchaCentral.com? This week in Lucha Libre history. So, Dusty, (laughs) go ahead and take it away. That's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, match of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre. And that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week we chose May the 14th, 1993, when Heavy Metal defeated Io Del Santo for his first and only run with the WWA welterweight title at a AAA show held at the Gimnasio Olimpico Juan de la Barrera in Mexico City. And like I said, this would be the only occasion on which Heavy Metal won the title and held the title. But it really did a lot for the feud between Heavy Metal and Neo Del Santo and AAA as they were starting up. Uh, Heavy Metal later successfully defended the title against Rey Mysterio and Io Del Santo before dropping the title then to Io Del Santo on April the 13th, 1993. Uh, this match, it's exciting. Like Heavy Metal enters to It's So Easy by Guns N' Roses, but Io Del Santo enters to 1975's disco pop hit Sky High by Jigsaw. And it's easy to see why the crowd was so excited about yes. Heavy Metal in this match, despite Io Del Santo coming out to the ring with Fraser Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero. Like it was, you could definitely see the new guard versus the old guard at display in this match. Uh, what did you think, Brendan? Well, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, <laughs> you 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 already caught a couple things that I was so you you had you you had that that vibe of the new guard versus the old guard. But the other thing I noticed was the uh, so Eddie Guerrero was still uh, Mexican national babyface at this point. Triple uh, A for those who aren't aware is only about a year old at this point, so they're still. Yeah 
finding their identity and all of that. And that's one of the things I noticed right away is that uh, uh, Heavy Metal, who's a member of the Casas family, and then went went uh, heel for for the, this promotion, kind of represented American culture with this heavy metal gimmick. And and they were so they wanted. They wanted what eventually we got out of uh, the uh, out of Eddie Guerrero and Art Bar. They wanted this. I'm an American, and you should dislike me because I I represent all of the things from America. And and you had uh, uh, Santo representing Mexican tradition, like even the girls that they came out with, because in AAA they they had girls escort the wrestlers to the ring at this time. You had heavy metal coming out with girls in skin-tight bodysuits and stiletto heels looking very – like they walked right out of an MTV video. And Santo came out with women in disco dresses. Like he was really <laughs> – yeah. he was really stuck in the 70s. Yeah, it, it but, felt out of touch uh, <laughs> to a degree. Yeah. I could see what you what you mean. Now, Brendan hit the nail on the head as far as what I loved the most. It was very clear cut as far as Rudo versus Technical. The entrances were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and what caught me was, and we all talked about this uh, off air, was the pacing of the match and the length. You had to have patience in this match yeah. um, because it, it started off pretty slow with lots of holds and locks. And commentary really doing a great job of just putting over both men, but you had to be patient as far as, okay, when is, especially if you enjoy more of the faster pace, more of, uh, you know, back yeah. and forth, more of the high flying, that ended up uh, more after, I believe, were the first fall, first or yeah. second fall. The first, was, it started really ramping up right after, after the, the, first. the first, yeah. Yeah. So you just, and it took a while to get to the first fall. So, you you know, I, I think, though, too, it was building up the story, really building up the the fan uh, response to it, because, too, there was it was very clear cut that, you know, fans were very much behind um, Eho. But I think there was still also people who, who see, really did like uh, heavy metal. And it was kind of that too beginning of it's cool to like the bad guy. Um, and and so uh, you know, I, I just think that that was um, you have to have the patience to have the appreciation for like what they were trying to tell in the ring. But the entrances, honestly, were probably some of my one of the most favorite ones I've seen in a, in quite some time because it was very clear cut. It was, you know, very showy. Um but I, but I liked it, and especially for 1993. I mean, that's kind of in line with what you were seeing in the states as well. So yep. I mean, it, maybe the 75 music was out of date, but the concept itself was very much in alignment with wrestling at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it was, I, I, it was really not feeling out of date as much as it was kind of touching on. His tradi- more traditional character, yes. if that makes Very sense, because we yeah. we we still have people who come out. Like Walter comes out to classical music right mm-hmm. now, um, so it it's it doesn't just because it's not from the the, the hip modern genre doesn't mean it it doesn't tell something with the story. And yeah, I like I liked it that way. Uh, it is it is also interesting to note that it was two out of three. Triple A eventually 
did that format for the most part. Like it's it's a special match if it's two out of three falls now. Uh, but two out of three falls was very traditional in Mexico for especially for singles titles. Uh, and so they were still kind of experimenting with that. And then uh, you kept mentioning that people liked both of you actually that people liked heavy metal that was one of the thing interesting things i was reading on this feud when uh when when uh he loses the title again he that actually was part of his his baby face turn mm-hmm. yeah and he became he became a, a hero to the people by uh by graciously losing at that point so yeah it's a very interesting to see the the roots of that and and uh man i don't remember 93 looking so awesome like that was yeah right yeah and you definitely have a good appreciation for it through this match in the lens of this match it's like rose colored glasses (laughs) well that this week in Lucha Libre history, as Dusty mentioned, don't forget to check out this day in Lucha Libre history uh, at LuchaCentral.com. But you know what? There's so much more uh, on LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, why don't you tell our listeners more? All right. Well, you know, uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really, really, really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And this is my favorite. It's free. Can't beat that price. Free. Just go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Yes, indeed. Uh, remind me, Brent, do we have any CMLL news? I... I didn't actually have anything that we didn't already talk about. They're they're selling tickets to events now. The uh the the iPay-per-view card is up. The price still hasn't dropped yet. So if you're on the fence about it, it's still only going to be like eight dollars American if you buy it right now. Uh, you know, I mean that's that's not even a cup of coffee. Buy one less cup of Starbucks this week, and you can watch a CMLL pay per view with a a, a full on tournament. Like, can't beat that. But that's all I got right now. Uh, we're in the next couple of weeks. We're probably gonna have some big news. All right. 
So stay tuned to the show where we're going to have continued updates on what we find out on CMLL. Up next, so Dusty's going to take us through this week in WWE. Yeah, well, first up, we had Friday Night SmackDown, and we had what was announced to be a match between Rey Mysterio versus Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph comes out, and he cuts a promo on Dominic about how he was nothing but Rey Mysterio's kid and didn't belong in the ring with somebody like Dolph Ziggler. So, of course, Dominic takes over for Rey as the competitor in the match. Dominic has some new gear. It's somewhere between Psychosis and Seth Rollins, but it's really cool. And it looks amazing on his size and his style. Like, it's just a really cool upgrade to his look. And he won very quickly in this match. He won easily with a small package and what was actually more of an angle than a match. But it sets up their match this weekend at WWE WrestleMania Backlash. And so that seemed to be what the most important thing was. There's some rumors, you know, that they may be putting the titles on the Mysterios just to have them quickly lose, you know, to perhaps the Usos. But we'll see what happens. That's just the rumor mill and, you know, thought I'd pass that along. And then we had Monday Night Raw. And Humberto Carrillo was injured in his match with Sheamus. They're continuing the feud. But after a sunset flip spot off the apron ended with Sheamus falling on Humberto's knee, it ended the match. The referee declared Sheamus the winner. It was later said that Humberto was okay and he was actually cleared to wrestle the next day. And so it was nothing big, just kind of a scary moment. So that was some good news. And then we also had a backstage segment between Garza and Gulak where they were kind of fighting. And Garza threatened to shove a rose down Gulak's throat this time. They didn't have the match on Raw. They didn't have it on Main Event. So perhaps somehow it's building to a match this weekend at WWE WrestleMania Backlash. But who knows? Like Hello, pre-show. So probably yes. not. Yeah. But, I mean, even the pre-show is better than nothing, I guess. And yeah. It's still better than nothing. I'll watch it. I mean, yeah, especially it, after the gross thing. But, you know. <laughs> they could steal the show. So it'll be... Be interesting. I, I kind of like the dynamic between Garza and Gulak. Like it's an interesting dynamic and their styles mesh interestingly together. So I'm excited for this pairing and this feud. I, I want to see where it goes. Despite how silly the Rose thing is and, and the, the visuals it gave us last week, I, I find the, the pairing interesting. So I'm, I'm excited to see what comes of this. It's not silly, it's awesome. <laughs> well, now, now it's better. Like, they, they were yeah. able to just do this. May, yeah, they, they fixed I, it a bit. That's good. I, I actually listened to a clip of, of uh, Conan watching that, and he thought it was tremendous, too, because Garza called his spot, then he did his spot. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like, this is great. That's what you do. He said he was going to do it, and he did it. It's hilarious and and badass at the same time, and I'm so so you know like it's all the things you want out of a good wrestling spot. I'm like so if Conan likes it, I feel I'm in good company liking this rose stuff. Just just saying. 
I, I enjoyed it. I just thought it was kind of, I mean, it was more fun than serious, but it was, or at least for me, but it was hilarious too. Like I love yeah. the, and I love the juxtaposition of their styles. Drew Gulak is somebody that in character takes himself very seriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Angel Garza in character is somebody that considers himself above all that because he's a ladies man. And like it, it's just perfect. Like I love the whole thing. Like, like you say, he made a threat, then he followed through. It was just fun. And, but they're, you know, I mean, I'm sure that it made Vince laugh too. So that's what's perfect. Is that anything <laughs> he can do to catch his attention is, is ideal. And like, I season that brass ring. Yeah, I can, I can just see Vince laugh. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Well, at least I am. <laughs> I am too. All right. Sorry, my notes is just taking a second for <laughs> to come back up. This is this silence. Uh, oh, up next, curtain. though, we do have a brief uh, update on Ring of Honor, specifically this week's uh, Women's Wrestling Wednesdays. Um, well, be- before we get to the the fun of Women's Wrestling Wednesdays. I have to give my sad news that LFI has been suspended for an oh. entire month. For a whole month. Just, uh, most likely it's, it's storyline reasons too because they aren't going to be at tapings. But yeah, they, uh, they've been just a little too, um, ungovernable and so mm-hmm. the, you know, they're, they're allegedly suspended. Maybe they'll just show up whenever they feel like it anyway. That'd be nice. Yeah, because they're ungovernable. But, uh, yeah. Can't tell them right. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty much yeah. in the title. Yeah. But... Yep, it's, <laughs> it's what it says on the box. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so there's the sad news. Uh, they theoretically are not going to be on, on television for the next month. Uh, you know, obviously. I will still be watching to keep track of what's going on. So if they do make a surprise appearance, I will let you know. Uh, but yes, this week we had Lucha representation in Women of Honor Wednesday, uh, which is, uh, was a match featuring Miranda Alize versus, uh, Trish Adora. And, uh, Miranda Alize, as we've mentioned a few times on the show, is in fact, Lucha trained. Uh, I'm gonna go over to ROH's webpage here. Let's see, uh, so she competed in Japan, but they call her, called her the Lucha Batty. She wears a Lucha mask to the ring. Mm-hmm. She's worked in Mexico extensively, uh, and, and it shows in her style. And, uh, so you had the two, you had her going up against the, against, uh, I just said the name. Trish Adora. There we go. Trish Adora. Uh, and, and, 
and uh, I I've only seen little highlights here and there because uh, there's so much wrestling again this week. Yeah. Uh, but it looked like it was a really fun match. The uh, ROH has said that uh, both of them were presented with a golden ticket at the end of the match, putting them in the women's tournament. So we. We'll see more of Miranda Alizé in her lucha style. She may be one of the only uh, lucha representatives in the ROH brand for a while because of border issues. But uh, even if that's true, I'm not I'm not mad because that's good representation. But um, uh, yeah, so we'll be seeing both of them. Miranda did get the win in this match, but both of them got the golden ticket. So. Uh, it's on YouTube on on ROH's channel. It is well worth a watch. Uh, both these women are phenomenal athletes, and uh, it, it, they have a passion that shows through in, in the, the highlights I've seen of this match. Yeah, the full match is on YouTube. Uh, and uh, again, Women Division Wednesdays is going to keep on happening every Wednesday. They're building up towards the women's tournament. Um, so I love how they're utilizing um, this particular showcase as a way to introduce fans to new uh, women within Ring of Honor and also building up the tournament brackets. So um Again, I, I he what Brendan said as far as watching the match um, and continuing to watch Women Division Wednesdays on Ring of Honor's YouTube page. Last but not least, we have Impact Wrestling. Uh, they do have their Impact Plus event under siege happening this saturday uh, may 15th and as far as this week in impact wrestling a few uh pretty good tidbits and matches um one is a x division scramble that happened it was pd williams versus el fantasmo versus rohit raju versus ace austin versus ac romero versus tjp and that match was to determine the number one contender who would face Josh Alexander for the X Division Championship match this Saturday. If it's the one thing you see, which you haven't, you probably have already seen, uh, it's been making the rounds instantly on social media. And that's from El Fantasmo, who delivered a top rope Death Valley driver on Ace Austin uh, to uh, PD Williams. Rohit Raju and AC Romero while he was holding on to TJP. So that in and of itself is crazy and like the exact definition of the X division. Um, and in no surprise, um, El Fantasmo won, um, and he was able to pin, I believe, uh, PD Williams, um, and is now going to be facing, um, Josh Alexander for the X Division Championship, um, this Saturday. Now, it's very interesting to think if there is this case where El Fantasma wins, because right now the Impact World Championship is with Kenny Omega. Your tag titles are on Finn Juice. So the fact that there's a possibility that your X Division Championship could go to uh, someone else who is part of New Japan, you know, I, I, my, my gut says no. I think it's going to be a fantastic match, but it seems like Impact Wrestling is just like willing to give their titles away to other people in other promotions. So, I, you know, you know, 
it, they could actually be building to an interesting thing because you could, if they lose all of these titles, they could wind up going and having a moment where they have to like rally as a company mm-hmm. to get that back and, and that thereby making the, uh, all of these other companies, the heels. I'm using air quotes for those of you yeah. that can't see. <laughs> and this is uh, not a video yeah. version, so we can... <laughs> yeah. you guys get it. You understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so they could do something interesting with that. Will they? I know Impact Wrestling has been very hit or miss, so they could do something that cool, or they could um, just kind of uh, play around a little bit. Who knows? Um, actually, always has me more curious to see their pay-per-views, because I never know. Like, yes. <laughs> I just don't again, know what the they're... next division, like, this match is going to be fantastic. Like, already yeah. you see the differences between El Fantasmo and Josh Alexander already is like, I'm in. I'm interested oh, That's to see the that. one I'm most excited for, too. Yeah, like, that is oh, so good. And I do want to squeeze in real fast uh, for those who are less familiar with this situation. El Fantasmo is a Canadian man who wears funny sunglasses. He is not related in any way to Santos Escobar or Fantasma. I I have I have point blank asked him if he's been lucha trained and not gotten a direct answer, so I don't know. But, no, but, uh, I and and the reason <laughs> I mentioned this spot is because it was a very yeah. awesome spot, and you'll just see it all over uh, the internet. So I mean, yes. And yeah. speaking of Canadian, yes, he did hit a Canadian destroyer <laughs> on a fellow Canadian, PD Williams. So I don't if that's. <laughs> I don't think that's ironic. That's just like it's Canadian on Canadian, Canadian, yeah, Canadian, Canadian violence. And Canadians are supposed to be so peaceful, but also very fitting. <laughs> I think you know, hitting a Canadian destroyer, like a Canadian hitting a Canadian destroyer on another Canadian, like totally understand. <laughs> does it make it more impactful? Like, does it hurt more because it's like the extra Canada in it? I I don't. <laughs> It's just me on my random ramblings. Um, my random I need some scientific. maple syrup. <laughs> that's that's what we need. That's what we need. Canada, God bless. Um, also, this week on Impact, we did see. Um, we did have. Um, I'm just trying to scroll through my notes. I got so distracted by this Canadian on Canadian. <laughs> On Canadian, like it just, it just got to, to you're, me. You're uh, welcome. yes. Willie Mack versus Sam Beal. Um, this was a fairly quick match. Sam Beal, you know, did have some really, uh, good spots, really like tremendous effort. Um, but you know, you can't beat Willie Mack. Um, he used, uh, I believe it was a crossbody. Um, I just just flew on the, over the top rope to get to uh, Sam Beal for a pin. However, it was what happened after the match, which was more interesting. And W. Morrissey came out. He threw Sam Beal out of the ring and focused on Willie Mack. Um, he decked him with a clothesline and then, of course, the big boot. So that is a pretense to the match that we're going to see this weekend at Under Siege, Willie Mack versus W. Morrissey. 
Also happening this weekend uh, at Under Siege, Brian Myers is going to be facing Black Taurus. Uh, Brian Myers did face Crazy Steve this week in which he got the win. However, Black Taurus came out, beat him up, laid the death card. So I don't know if Brian Myers is going to die on Saturday. That's That's what... I feel like Black Taurus is saying and Decay is saying uh, with that move. Um, and then, of course, we do have the six-way number one contenders match. Uh, Chris Sabin versus Chris Bay versus Sammy Callahan versus Matt Cardona versus Trey Miguel versus Moose to determine the number one contender for the Impact World Championship. The winner of that match will face Kenny Omega at a later date, very likely Slammiversary, um, but it has not been announced yet. So uh, Under Siege happening this Saturday. Keep an eye out to see what happens uh, with Impact. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting as we talked about, you know, the direction that Impact is going in uh, and the partnerships that they've had, of course, with New Japan, seeing Diana De- uh, Parasso um, at uh, Raid of Reyes a few weeks ago and, you know, the implications there. We still haven't heard, you know, what may be next, but it could says that says Triple Mania all over it. So who yeah. knows? To credit Impact Wrestling, they are not afraid to work with other companies and not afraid to showcase talent on their show. So um, it does make it pretty interesting to watch every week, um, and we will see what happens. And that is it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And you can also follow Lucha Central on social media. Um, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You got to check out the YouTube page. I always tell you because there's so much cool content on that YouTube page, exclusive interviews that you can't find anywhere else matches and much much more if you got some time you could definitely go down a rabbit hole on the lucha central youtube page so go ahead and do it while you're uh doing all that too go ahead and follow us on social media uh dusty where can our listeners find you i am on instagram at dusty murphy and i am on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy and brendan where can they find you I am 321, that's the numbers, 321, t-shirt guy, so 321 t-shirt guy, I am on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on the Twitters. Great. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. And let us know your thoughts on the show. Leave us your reviews, your comments. If you are an independent wrestler or promotion or fan and you would like uh, a match or a promotion or a wrestler, really, to be featured on a future edition of the Indie Roundup, make sure you message us. We all support independent wrestling, so we'd love to showcase um, all of the promotions and, and talent out there that we can, especially before things start to pick up. I feel like it's going to be a very busy summer in Lucha Libre, so we oh, yeah. want to take the time as much as possible to showcase independent wrestling. And if you are listening to this through maybe your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Speaker, Podbay, Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. 
Subscribe, hit the notification button so that way you get notified every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star writing and leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts, what you like, what you don't like. I mean, we got some tough skin. We've been doing this now for over a year, so you know... We got we got some thick skin. We can handle it. But we'd love to get your ideas and thoughts on segments, on topics, on things you'd like for us to talk about, um, you know, interesting questions, history and Lucha Libre, whatever it is. Go ahead and let us know. So for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will be back next week. Respetable public.